Welcome to the first episode of Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. Today we're going to talk about the early founding of the city of Battle Creek and how a milling community was built in the wilderness of the Michigan Territory. So stick around. To begin our story, we're going to go back to 1800. After Ohio was made a state in 1802, the area that we know today was part of a large territory known as the Indiana Territory, which covered the area of not only present-day Michigan, but also the state of Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, and a large section of Minnesota. William Henry Harrison was the first governor of the Indiana Territory, as it was defined at that point. He later became became the ninth president of the United States. In 1805, the territory of Michigan was created and set apart from the Indiana Territory, and General William Hull of Massachusetts was appointed as its first territorial governor. He actually remained as governor from 1805 to 1813. So between these years, during its establishment as a territory, there was not more than about 5,000 people living in the entire area that we know today of the state of Michigan. With Detroit, which was a city that had been founded 111 years prior, it only contained about 800 Europeans at that point. So several things contributed to the slow growth. Originally settled by the French and not the English, the area was drawing its life from French resources rather than English resources, which was a huge factor. After the American Revolution, conditions remained practically the same, with British garrisons holding the forts on the American soil along the frontier, with a wide open expanse of forest in between. There were no roads worthy of heavy transport at the time, and there were no transport ships on the Great Lakes during that period of time. So the territorial area of Michigan remained virtually unchanged up until the end of William Hull's term as governor, and the years that came before that. So there were two main events that resulted in the pivotal point of change, which set about in motion a pioneer expansion in the Michigan Territory. The first was the War of 1812. The conclusion of that war was the Treaty of Ghent, which resulted in the withdrawal of the British from American soil. This opened up the Michigan Territory as part of that deal. Number two was the establishment of the Erie Canal and the creation of it between 1817 and 1825. This opened up travel across the state of New York into the Great Lakes and opened up travel for people not only living in New York but also New England to the Michigan Territory. So these two events set pioneer expansion in motion. In 1831, which we could probably call step three that really set the establishment in motion, was the survey completion of the lower counties of southern Michigan. Land at that point was offered at $1.25 an acre by the U.S. government. So this brought about pioneer settlers into the territory, and among these original investors in 1831 came a man named Sands McCamley. He was a veteran of the War of 1812. He'd served as a private during that war. And in 1823, at the age of 30, he had married Eliza Coleman. So by 1831, he was 38 years old, and he set his sights on Michigan when these opportunities became available. When he arrived in Michigan, coming by way of the Erie Canal, as so many 
early settlers did, he arrived in the Calhoun County area around June of 1831. And he saw the convergence of the two rivers that we know in downtown Battle Creek area today. And he envisioned constructing a canal between the two rivers to facilitate the speed of water forming a mill race. The rivers were at different elevations, so he immediately saw the potential. Wasting no time, he immediately went to the regional land office, which was located in White Pigeon, Michigan, to buy the tract of land. When he arrived there, he found that other men were trying to stake the same claims. So after a long discussion with the other claimants, and there are varying accounts on how this went down, but essentially an agreement came out between Sands McCamley and Jonathan Guernsey and Daniel Guernsey. And it was agreed that Jonathan Guernsey would acquire the 837-acre tract of land, which was the area in question, which included the rivers and this whole stake that Sands McCamley wanted. And Daniel and Mr. McCamley would each buy one-third when the three men met again later that October in Detroit. So when October arrived, much to the chagrin of the men, their wives had refused to keep house in the wilderness, so the deal was never completed. So Jonathan Guernsey ended up selling his half of the land to two relatives, Phineas Sackett and Ezekiel Guernsey, and the other half of his parcel he sold to a man by the name of Nathaniel Barney. So after losing out on the deal he had envisioned, Sans McCamley moved his family to the Nottawa Prairie, which today we know as the land between Athens, Michigan, and Leonidas, Michigan, along the Nottawa Creek. He lived there for two years, and then he eventually moved to Marshall for another two years. And then finally, in March of 1834, Sands McCamley purchased the half-track of the Guernsey purchase from Ezekiel Guernsey and Phineas Sackett, which included, much to his delight, the confluences of the two rivers, which he had originally envisioned. So a year later, in 1835, Nathaniel Barney sold his half to a man by the name of Ezra Convis. Ezra Convis would go on to eventually found the village of Verona. And he was another industrial pioneer. And he would eventually sell his half to the Merritt brothers and Jonathan Hart. And they would eventually become important millers and help establish the downtown area of Battle Creek alongside Sands McCamley. Sands McCamley with Jonathan Hart and the Merritt brothers in 1836 would establish the first plat of the city of Battle Creek. But in 1835, McCamley, having acquired his land, he wasted no time. He got started on his plans to build the canal. And he built this canal, which included a natural fall of two feet between the two river elevations, which created a rapid flow of water essential for establishing a milling community. Some historians state that he imported 25 to 30 Irish laborers to dig the canal, and how they were housed and fed during this time is really an unknown quantity. We don't know how that actually happened. It's also thought that he might have hired other settlers living in the Marshall area at that time or people that were living in the surrounding region. The canal was dug entirely with shovels, pickaxes, and wheelbarrows. Now, it's likely they used horses and oxen for part of the work, but much of the work was basically brute force labor, human brawn. The canal was successfully built and water ran through the canal in November 1835. McCamley also established a sawmill, and later there was a mill pond that was created, which still parts of that mill pond remain today in the city of Battle Creek. And a dam was created to control the flow of water so they could add some control on the speed of the flow. So at the height of its 
usefulness, this mill race supplied water power to 18 mills in the downtown area of Battle Creek, which is quite extraordinary. Now, mills were not unique to Battle Creek alone. There were mills established in the region as new pioneers moved into the area. Ezra Convis established a mill over in Verona, and there was a second mill established shortly after that. There was a mill established on Mingus Creek, Harper Creek, and also up in Bedford. And they even found the remains of an old mill at St. Mary's Lake. So the industrial pioneers were very in tune to making use of water sources and rivers to create a milling industry. And the first types of mills established were essentially sawmills, which made possible the construction of buildings and everything else from there, and including other mills. What followed the sawmills were, of course, grist and flour mills for food production, planing mills for better quality lumber, woolen mills, and even cider mills. So the water mills, these water power driven industrial machines, were eventually replaced by steam and gas and electricity as other power sources were developed over time. But the early years of the pioneer territory were made possible by these original water power driven mills, which is what made this whole region and community of Battle Creek and a lot of the surrounding cities in southwest Michigan possible because many of them were established based on the foundation of a milling industry. Sands McCamley ultimately was a businessman who not only operated a general store, but he was also an attorney and he served as a judge for the area. And he even co-founded the first and original bank in Battle Creek. He was also elected as a senator the year that Michigan became a state. Today, his mark on the city can be found in monuments like McCamley Park, which he donated to the city to form the original town square. There's also a road named after him in downtown. He died at the age of 94 in 1864, and he was a pioneer visionary who was able to see a city in the wilderness, and his legacy endures to this day. So that's going to conclude this episode of Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see more on Sands McCamley and the founding of the city and the mill race, I did a video of this on YouTube, and there's a lot of uh, maps and photos and articles from the time period. So I'll include the link to that in this podcast so that you can uh, check it out when you have time. And be sure to uh, check out the rest of the videos on my YouTube channel at Michael Delaware. It's easy to find. And thank you for listening. Also, I have a website, michaeldelaware.com. You can find more information there if you want to contact me. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks for listening.